welcome to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Monti. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us you're with me let's get architecting hey bright lights it is angela coming at you today from chicago on location at the a22 aia's national conference that is here in chicago Day one has concluded and I am here today to explore with you conferences and conventions. Are they worth it? I happen to be fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you want to look at it, enough to go to multiple conferences a year. And as you know, these are not cheap. It costs quite a lot of money just to attend, plus you have to travel to the location, pay for hotel, pay for food. So there definitely is a real commitment when you go to these. So what's the value proposition? Is it only learning units or is there something more? Now, if you are completely new to an industry and you go to a convention, you're probably going to learn a lot and walk away just really dazzled and inspired, maybe even a little overwhelmed by the content. And that's great. Certainly, I would say a good 50% of content at most conferences really is pitched more towards that entry level. Those people who are less seasoned in an industry, who are not subject matter experts who want to learn. The other 50% though, really is thought leaders in an industry who are looking to share with their peers what they're cooking up, what they're working on. And those can be really exciting sessions, not because you're going to hear something you've never heard before, but because you're going to have an honest and thought-provoking session about issues that you're probably dealing with too on your projects and an opportunity to have a sense of what your colleagues are up to. What issues are they looking at how are they framing these issues, what's working for them, and what isn't. Which is why I always encourage our staff at GBBN to submit speaker proposals. And some of them will say to me, Angela, I'm not an expert in this. And I tell them, you don't have to be. If you're passionate about the topic, if you've been doing work in it, If you are a thought leader, even if it's an emerging thought leader, you have something to share that people will want to hear. So put it out there. So that's the content part of conferences. But 
there's more to it than that. There is the networking, the conversation that you strike up with the person next to you, the person you're meeting, the business cards you're exchanging, the LinkedIn connections you're going to make that are building your network or are strengthening your network. I mean, I'm always amazed when I go to these conferences. I mean, there have to be 8,000 people here. And I walk into a corridor and I see five people I know. What are the odds? But it's because people who go to conferences are people who are curious learners. They are people who are invested in their success. So when you make a contact at a conference, they're not just some Joe Schlub architect out there. They're somebody who probably you're going to see around again. Somebody who's invested in their work and their industry and who wants to learn, who wants to be a change maker. So when you go to a conference, you really have to go there with a mission. And trust me, I'm an introvert. I do not like work in a room. But when I go to a conference, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about how to make small talk and, you know, chit chat about what the local sports team is doing or what the weather's been like. I'm thinking about how I can ask people who are in the same session as me, have heard the same content as me, a real question about what they thought about what they heard and maybe a little bit about what they're doing. So it doesn't have to be about me or my ability to chat somebody up. It really can be about the content that is being provided. And if you are an extrovert, you will probably enjoy being deeply immersed in every social opportunity that you get. But That doesn't mean that conferences still can't be valuable if you are an introvert, but there's a secret to it. You've got to build in alone time. So don't book your day solid with sessions and meetings and social events. Make sure you build in some time in your day to go back to your hotel room to sit by yourself, to relax, to decompress, to do something else, maybe take a short nap or meditate, catch up on some work, but give yourself that alone time to take a break and reset. And even while you're there in a conference hall, You don't have to be in the middle of the action. You can find a quiet alcove off to the side somewhere and just kind of sit by yourself. Maybe you can go outside and sit somewhere that's outside of the conference where it's a little less dense, a little less likely to run into fellow conference goers. But make sure you give yourself that time and that space Because as an introvert, you're using energy up. 
and you're getting depleted by being at this event. So if you don't take that time away from it all to reset or recharge, you're not gonna feel very much like networking. And as I said, networking is probably the most valuable thing that you're going to get out of any conference that you attend. It really is about making connections and then following up on those connections because it doesn't really do you a lot of good to have talked to the woman next to you and to have commiserated about maybe something you disagreed with that the speaker proposed if you don't follow up on that issue, if you don't find a way to connect with her in the future. And it doesn't have to be anything invasive. It might just be that you post an article that you thought was really interesting about an issue similar to what you both sat in that session. And maybe you tag that person then on LinkedIn and say, what do you think about this? Or do you agree? And it gives them an opportunity to look like a subject matter expert themselves and to weigh in. But it also keeps that connection warm because as your career advances, what you know starts to be less important than what you can do with what you know. And the only way to really take your knowledge outside of what I call the conduit of projects and move it into the conduit of practice is to leverage your connections. So you need to be putting your own content out there. You need to be sharing content with others. You need to be following them and appreciating content that they are putting out there or sharing because you never know when you are going to want to tap that person on the shoulder and maybe ask them to be a partner for a proposal that you are writing for a job you want to go after. Or maybe you want to interview them for an article you're writing. Or maybe you'd like to co-present with them at a conference. So keeping those leads warm is what opens the door. It's what activates your network. So we don't just want to build a network. We need to activate it or it doesn't really work for us. It just becomes this sort of, you know, idle dead thing. And part of what helps to really keep a network going is when you can see people face to face over and over and over again. So when you go to a conference and you make a new contact and you've kept that contact warm and then the next year you see that person again, you start to build a stronger and deeper connection with them which can be a really powerful, powerful way to start to really think beyond what you do on your projects and think more about a more global 
issue to think about how the things you're passionate about can apply in a bigger scale. How you can really begin to leverage what you're excited about and really let it germinate and become more than just what you do on a project because all projects are limited by the budget, by the owner's risk tolerance, by the schedule, by a whole bunch of constraints. But your big ideas, those are unlimited. So if you only explored them through the conduit of projects, the scope of what you could explore would be so much smaller. And it would take you years and years and years before you ever had any real breakthroughs. On the other hand, if you explore what you're excited about through that conduit of practice and you activate your network and you leverage it, you start to make quantum leaps in where you can take some of these ideas You start to see what others who are similarly passionate are doing and that feeds your excitement and that helps you connect more dots. And then you can filter that back into your projects as even more compelling of ideas, as even smarter strategy that has a far greater likelihood of being adopted by your clients. So, I'm hoping that you can start to see how going to a conference isn't just an expensive pseudo vacation and it isn't just about sitting there soaking up knowledge, but it really is an opportunity to become more aligned with things you're interested in to see more connectivity to your interests and other possibilities out there, what I call the adjacent possible, which is what really, really gets me excited when I start to see those adjacent possibles, but also to leverage what you're learning by being around like-minded people who are similarly passionate. So I'd love it if you could share with me what you love about going to conferences and what your favorite conference hacks are for getting the most out of the experience. You can tag me on Instagram at Architecting Podcast, or you can email me at Angela at ArchitectingPodcast.com. And don't forget that doors are open right now for Stressless Success Academy, my signature program that is all about achieving success on your terms without the overwhelm, stress, and burnout. So we are going to spend eight weeks together. We're going to have weekly 90-minute sessions about topics that are the building blocks of stressless success. Things like how to let 
calm be your superpower? How to overcome your anxiety? How to leverage your bandwidth so that you can do more easier in less time? Doesn't that sound good, right? We are going to talk about things like how to get clearer about what you're passionate about. Instead of it feeling like a crazy quilt of a lot of different things, we're going to help you find the through line that makes everything make sense and kind of pulls it all together. How to make space for what matters. How to change your thinking so you cultivate growth thoughts. How to change, how to tame the chaos and really work on allowing your flow state. So if these sound like things that you need and want, if these are areas that you would love to go further in and learn more about, you are definitely going to want to join me for this class. You can go to architectingpodcast.com and right there on the front page of my website is a button to Find out more and sign up for the course. We will be starting on July 11th. And in addition to the sessions with me, which are live and you will be able to ask questions and interact and not just hear me teaching, it's not pre-recorded. You will also get eight meditations. Each one goes with the theme of that week's topic. So It'll just give you a chance to really think about it, go deeper, put your energy there, relax around the topic, let it sink in, and you can listen to these in any order at any time and always have them with you. I always recommend listening to meditations like this first thing in the morning to get grounded and really direct your day. And then finally, as a bonus, I am pulling together friends of mine who are experts who will be doing one hour sessions where they share content about well being because we can't have stressless success without focusing on our well being. So, Megan Mazoko is going to tell us all about the importance of sleep and ways that we are sabotaging ourselves when we do not get enough sleep. Um, we are going to talk to Polyalis about self-care and emotional eating. So how do we break the cycle and make healthier choices? We're going to be talking with Megan McEwen, who is a physical therapist, about how movement and stress are linked and how mindful movement throughout the day can not only strategically release some of the stress points that form in our physical bodies, but can re-cue and reset our endocrine system and more. So. Stay tuned for that, but again, if you want to get in on this, 
go to architectingpodcast.com. This is going to be a phenomenal journey that we take together. And I am so excited about what you are going to learn and what I know is the transformation you are going to get in this class. So I would love to have you join me. Go to architectingpodcast.com and claim your seat today. And finally, I want to tell you about a new thing that I am doing. I am sponsoring a product called Magic Mind. And you might be kind of rolling your eyes and going, oh, really? More products, more stuff. What are you talking about? But this stuff is really great. It helps you get clarity and focus and calm down. It is not caffeine. It is not one of those super sugared Red Bull kind of gifts. It is truly a product that is designed to help rebalance you. So it has nootropics. It has adaptogens in it. It has matcha tea in it, antioxidants, and I have been using it, and I really have to tell you, it clears out the brain fog. It absolutely, absolutely does. So if you go to magicmind.com and you use code ARCHITECT20, you will get a special discount just for people in this audience so you can try this product and see what it does for you. And I guarantee you, you will notice I would not endorse this if I hadn't been using it myself and noticed a real, real difference in how it works. So I will be posting on Instagram throughout the conference here in Chicago over the next few days. So make sure you follow me. Make sure you weigh in. I would love to know what you think about some of the topics. So, so far, I had a really great session about zero waste. And again, this idea of forming and leveraging a network of people so that no waste works. Because as the two presenters so aptly pointed out, it's not so much a supply problem. We've got plenty of stuff that rotates and gets demolished and makes its way to the land, landfill that could be salvaged. It's a demand problem. And the only way we solve the demand problem is to educate people that this is a possibility to have a way to store things and coordinate schedules and make it easy or we're never going to make it better. So this to me was just super exciting as a topic, but also as a way that people who are passionate about a topic found each other. They don't work for the same companies. They work for different places and yet they found a way to pull this all together and to form this organization, allforreuse.org. So check that out. I also got a chance to go to a keynote and hear from the new 
CEO of AIA, Lakeisha Woods, who is a very articulate and intelligent woman. She's only been on the job here for five months, so she did talk about how she's been mostly listening at this point, not really trying to force any big policies yet. But the biggest thing she said that my ears kind of perked up around was she wants to add value to our practice. She wants to help us do better by driving clients to us because of the way AIA helps to educate potential clients. So she had some ideas that she shared. She's still working on this, but stay tuned. Um, If you are like me, I am the president-elect of AIA Cincinnati, but I felt this way long before I was queued up to go into a component leadership position. I often scratch my head at what National does with the bulk of the dues that I pay each year and how it really does benefit me and the other architects out there practicing. And I am intrigued by what Lakeisha Woods is saying, and I'm going to hold her to it. And I hope you will too, because this organization is here to serve us. But if we're asleep at the wheel and we're not communicating when they're going off course or giving them the information about how we want or need them to course correct, then we can't complain about where they take us. So as I always tell people, this is your biggest platform for advocacy because it's already built for you. You need to find a way to plug into it and be the change you want to see in the organization. So Those are my two big takeaways from day one. If you are here as well, reach out. I'd love to connect and you can share your big takeaways and tag me architecting podcast on Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, take care everyone and I will see you next time. which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.